Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Good morning, sports investors. It is a beautiful day in the neighborhood. It is Thursday, May 21st. Let's cock-a-doodle-do it right here on another edition of The Early Line on Sports Grid. I'm Dane Martinez. He's Kevin Walsh, and what we do is tour you around the world of sports and figure out also how to make some money off of it. Kev, I feel like this is a very important week because we are starting to hear more and more details about, you know, how leagues, teams, players are coming back. We're starting to understand the contours of plans. We're we're hearing governors say that we can return to play next month. I'm starting to get excited. It feels like we're getting back to normal. I know there is still a long way to go, and we still have to stay safe and be responsible out there. But uh, I'm starting to think about, like, you know, who I want to draft on a fantasy baseball team. (laughs) And, like, you know, actually, I think the rubber's going to hit the road pretty soon, huh, Kev? Well, listen, it's always going to be a big week when it's uh, double or nothing week, AEW's pay-per-view. There it is. Note this, this, Brian. Today, it took us a grand total of two minutes (laughs) to get us into the squared circle. But all right. No, I will say this because, you know, I'm a professional. I tie it back in. I saw the first ever betting line on a AEW match. Oh, really? That's awesome. The uh, the TNT title, Cody versus uh, Lance Archer. I believe Lance was the favorite. And it was just like, See, I don't personally ever want to know the betting odds because what I think I've talked about this with you, but the betting odds are basically spoilers. Because right. people like, and this is like, you, I've never seen it, the ability to bet it over here, but I know. Oh, no, there is. Oh, on WrestleMania, you can. We did a whole oh, I know segment. WrestleMania, for yeah. sure. I know you, but I'm, I mean, like FanDuel Sportsbook, I, I'm saying gotcha. I, I don't usually see them. But I know overseas, it's like a very big thing that people um, will indulge in. Yes. And. It's just it's just cool because it just shows that, you know, AEW is moving up and you see the, you know, those things starting to tie in is something that'll always be cool. But I don't want to know the betting lines past that. Like I saw that. Cool. I don't want to know because those things are usually spoilers. Fair enough. So, you know what? You know, one thing that's interesting, we're going to get into it a little bit right now. The movement of the sports calendar. Right. You know, I think about it, you know, the Masters. Right. Supposed to be in the beginning of April is now going to happen in November. You know what I mean, Kevin? And and one of the things I think about is, oh, okay, this has to happen, right? But I think about the athlete. I really do, Kevin, because you know these guys have to be primed and ready to go at the top of their game, you know, for April. And now they got to figure out how to do it in November. Um, I think about Olympic athletes, Kevin. You know, who have trained for three, four, sometimes more you know, maybe half their life to be peak and ready to go for summer of 2020. And now that's going to wind up being summer of 2021 on this show. I have talked about how that impacts Olympians, right? Whether it be Kerry Walsh, a beach volleyball uh, player who's going to be in her early 40s, Simone Biles, who's one of the greatest gymnasts in American history, right? Who was already going to be pushing the boundaries of her career this summer, where she would have been a 23-year-old, I believe. And now you're going to ask her to do it at age 24 next year, where, like, gymnasts don't win gold medals. And so, 
You know, I think there's so many other weird ripple effects, not only with coronavirus, but when you actually think of the training patterns, you know, and how you get ready. We've talked about the layoff potentially in the NBA, who that might help, who that might hurt. And I want to turn our attention to a the same theory, but to the ponies. Kevin, and I think this is very important. You know, you know the Triple Crown usually, right? You've heard the idea of the first Saturday in May, mint juleps and the like, right? And the way the Triple Crown works is you got the Kentucky Derby the first Saturday in May. Then two weeks later, you usually have the Preakness in Pimlico around there in Baltimore. That was supposed to happen last weekend. It didn't. And then three weeks later, you have what's known as the Test of the Champions, the Belmont Stakes, in New York City, right? Three horse races in five weeks. That's why it's so tough for these horses, the Triple Crown. Well, as we know, these had to be moved a little bit, and we finally got a piece of information about the Belmont Stakes yesterday that I think is really interesting, Kevin. One, they're moving it, clearly, to June 20th it is going to run, which makes me also think about sports happening even in the New York area are being open for business by the middle or the end of June. But here's the catch, Kevin, and here's where real horse racing fans and purists earmuffs people, they are going to change the Belmont from its customary mile and a half as the third race of the Triple of Crown, the Test of Champions, to a mile and a quarter, okay? It is going to be shorter, and that really takes the spirit out of the Belmont, Kevin. And now what we are seeing is the Belmont's going to go first, June 20th. The Kentucky Derby has been moved to Saturday, September 5th, and the Preakness has now moved to October. Usually they have two or three weeks in between. This time around, they're going to have like two months in between. We don't know what the Travers and the Saratoga meet is going to do in between to try to, you know, set it up so that the schedule works. But, you know, I find it really interesting, Kevin, that not, they have to adjust this and kind of compromise the spirit of what would have been the Triple Crown. How do you think, like, what impact might this have when we're talking about actually training horses, you know, and a completely different schedule now for athletes or for our four-legged friends? Yeah, I think for anybody that might not, similar to myself here, is not big into horse racing, can really right. understand, though, how drastic this can be, right? Like, the, you know, the Triple Crown and the three races are, are it's a very historic thing that have been set up the way that they are for quite some time. And to flip it on its head is a massive change. I, I liken it in a way to uh, sometimes in the UFC where you'll see um, videos of like on the Embedded series, that'll be the fight previews. And they always will talk about a guy who will be practicing the time of day essentially right. for what he's going to be fighting. So he's trying yes. to get himself to start to peak. Get routinely. the body clock right. Exactly. Right. At about 1030. Yes, the body clock. So that right there, but now on a on a larger scale, yeah. almost if you will, because as a you can kind of like help it more so, right? If you're a person, because even if maybe you don't get your body to peak, you know it's a moment you get it right. Mm -hmm. But when you are dealing with a, with a with an animal, right? Like the line of communication isn't mm -hmm. there, so you're you're you have to basically try and build up this routine to make sure that it's consistent. Um, 
the routine, so the schedule of it, right? That's why I talked about like Olympic athletes that now have their schedule changed. We talk about sure. golfers. Like Tiger Woods is only going to play a few tournaments this year, the ones leading up to the majors, so he could be, you know, uh, in tip top form for that. And if it's changed, you know, I think these guys will have complete differences to their routine and schedule. I think you make a great point about the fighters, you know, the time of day that they're training. And, and like, this is a real change, right, Kev? No, it's, I mean, it definitely is. And, and I think one of the uh, good positives to come out of it, because I think, you know, you're more inclined to be able to explain to people, right. like, the, even the scheduling of it all, right, is this does show how, I think, serious New York is about trying to get sports back up and running mm -hmm. to uh, the best of their ability. The other night, um, you know, a little conversation that was happening at the Walsh family dinner table was just how everybody's been missing sports. And, yeah. um, you know, it's like, well, hey, well, you heard, you know, what Cuomo said, we should be, you know, moving back towards it. But unfortunately, when it comes to, you know, a lot of the team sports that everyone's missing, we know that there's going to be this month buildup. So right. June will basically be a month of training. training. Yeah. July is more realistic, but certain events like this, I just think it's a positive sign. If we're going to pull a pro out of something that's flipping something so historic on its head, it is that we are seemingly moving closer to the actual reopening uh, of sporting events. Yeah, I think you're right. And, you know, I will say this, Kevin, you know, the ponies were running um in april in may okay they were running in states like florida it, like arkansas okay they were even running for a while in california before shut down and so what also happened kevin you know for example as i mentioned the kentucky derby was the first saturday in may right yeah. um the arkansas derby saw that churchill downs vacated that date and was like a oh, word We'll take that date and we'll run our big race. And, and the other important part here, Kev, is uh, you may have heard the term the Kentucky Derby prep races. These are things like the Louisiana Derby, the Florida Derby, the Wood Memorial, um, the Arkansas Derby. Horses have to run in these races and perform to earn a certain amount of points, Kevin, to yeah. qualify for the Kentucky Derby. So these races were still happening, and the big boys, you know, the big favorites, whether it be a horse like Charlatan from the Bob Baffert stable out there in California, or Tis the Law, who went ahead and did win the Florida Derby, who did win the Holy Bull, you know, these horses, they still have to have races against each other for the mm -hmm. schedule of it all. I bring up Tis the Law because he is a horse I have my eye on. We're not going to handicap the Belmont or the Kentucky Derby right now, but generally speaking, Kevin, you got Bob Baffert, an incredible trainer, as you know, right? And he's got two real contenders from out there in his barn in California. Charlatan and a horse named Nadal. Yes, after Rafael Nadal, okay? They have won a lot of their prep races, have looked dominant. Then there's a horse here in the East Coast. His name is Tis the Law, won a lot of these prep races. And Barkley Tag, who is the trainer of Tis the Law, came out and said, his horse is ready to go, okay? Mm. And I quote, I really don't like shortening it up. Because at a mile and an eighth or a mile and a quarter, the race is no longer considered a classic. And then he goes on to say, I wouldn't mind going a mile and a half with my horse right now. So he is exuding confidence. I'll say that. Remember the name, tis the law, when we get a month from now into the Belmont Stakes. And one thing I do know, Kev, is when we get closer to that date, we will bring on friends of the show here on Early Line to get us going a little bit more. I got to tell you something, though, Kev. I love the ponies. I go mm. out there. I've, I've gone on dates 
to the racetrack. Okay, yeah, I'm I'm absolutely serious. It's a lot of fun, um, and so I would encourage you to get into it. And I would say when there were when we were in the kind of uh, doldrums of this mm-hmm. in late March and April, and the ponies were running. Uh, we've talked about this kind of like only game in town idea. And so I would watch some of the horse racing coverage, make some bets. And you best be sure that our friends at FanDuel built up a whole new app, in essence, to be FanDuel Racing mm-hmm. so that people could get in that action. You know, everyone's going to scratch that itch no matter what way they can. Right, Kev? No, for sure. And th- I think that's one of the interesting things that we can kind of think about. Right, we're learning about to... KBO. No, it's we're not learning about it, you know. For... Like, you know, like KBO didn't have the same sticking power with me maybe as others, but there are people who are now genuinely going to become fans of the KBO. They're mm-hmm. latching themselves onto teams and they're going to continue to follow them uh, along. I mean, the Bundesliga for me, I, I, I cannot overstate how much I enjoyed this past weekend of Bundesliga action. Like, it just was just, it was something to do. I was enjoying the games, I enjoy the sport. And like now, You know, the idea of the Bundesliga becoming my favorite, you know, soccer league in the world is very plausible and it becoming a part of my routine because now I'm like sitting here and I'm like, oh, yeah, like Augsburg and Wolfsburg. And I'm just starting to know the teams and players and becoming a part of my my vocabulary. So. I think that's one of the interesting things is the ponies becoming a regular part of the sports. So maybe I'll convince you of that too. Maybe I'll bring you over to the dark side. We'll talk more. We're off and running. It's the early line right here on sports. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24 hour network dedicated to you? The betting and fantasy sports enthusiast. SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Welcome back, everybody, to the early line on Sports Grid. I'm Dane. He's Kevin. And we're talking about the ponies getting going. Remember, they were one of the only sports that were still going in this country, albeit with no fans, right? But if you wanted to get a little bit of action, and I know you did, that was one of the ways to do it. We've seen incredible boost to the handle. But, you know, Kevin, you brought up a good point when you talk about, like, the KBO or soccer in Belarus or whatever. Um, you know, a key guy in the DraftKings Sportsbook who was on the morning after yesterday, and and Jared and Ariel were talking to him, and it sounds like they have seen that now, to your point, there are people starting to get into the KBO. And so when baseball does come back, or when there's more common American sports, when it's not the idea of, like, that's the only game in town, so I got to get my fix in, Mm. it sounds like they're keep those lines up. They're going to keep that as an offering for the America sports investor because they know exactly what you just said. Now that some people have kind of wet their whistle and, you know, dug in and start to identify trends or the vocabulary or caps on it, that they are going to keep going. It's like they're going to keep this market open. And I think that's, you know, an, uh, a testament to your point, but also mm-hmm. a smart move. Right? Yeah, no, for sure. I think it'll be interesting, though, to see if there comes a point where they maybe lose focus of it. I think uh, a comparison could be college football, how, right, like, your Alabama and your Clemson lines. Like small conference college football. Exactly. No, that's, yeah. So Alabama and Clemson lines are so kind of bang on. 
But the people who pick on these FCS games, you're very low level. That's why, you know, mid-major Matt's one of the best people, uh, you know, that, you know, sports grid will feature with uh, those bets because they're such small uh, pockets. And if you can get there first, you can really get an opportunity. So the people who end up sticking around KBO, like you can really find yourself uh, taking advantage of a market that you might be one of the few big players in. Yeah, I think that's an incredible point um, that deserves a little bit more discussion, Kevin. And to be quite honest, the way I'll frame it, see if this makes sense to you and to everyone out there, is, you know, the books themselves, call it MGM, call it the Westgate, okay? They only have so many employees, right? And so much time in a day to hang these lines, okay? And the NFL... They know everyone's betting on them, right? So they spend a disproportionate amount of time making sure those lines are sharp, right? Mm-hmm. But they just they just can't get to it all, Kevin. And yeah. especially now when we're hanging things like second half props for everybody, right? Yeah. And the amount of ways that people are betting now, props, exhibition games, you know, that wasn't something that was used. The NFL draft, right? And so there's just so much out there that by definition, there's going to be some sports, some conferences, some bets that um, are not the priority of the books. They're going to hang it out there, but they're not spending as much time. And that you can find bad numbers there. Yeah can find value there. To your point, you mentioned mid-major. Matt, that's a great example. I've got a guy, I kid you not, that all he looks at is Ivy League women's college basketball. That's it, okay? Because, you know, like his wife went to Brown or something like that, Mm -hmm. whatever, but then now has gotten deep into that market and finds a bad number every now and then, right? Because there's not as much focus on it. So you can't actually do that mid-major mat, a completely uh, relevant example. So, you know, yeah, it's cool to, you know, bet some games on Sunday, but it's going to be very hard to find the edge that right. we give you on sports grid, right, Kevin? Yeah, no, for sure. And I think even, like, one market that I've, I've kept my eye on when we do betting around the rim has been the odds to be the number one overall pick. Um, and one of the things that stood out to me is I don't think anybody is betting on that market right now. I don't think anybody has taken any interest in touching any of it because there has been no movement really? for months, it feels like now. It was like LaMelo Ball at one point, wasn't it? So that was like, yeah, earlier on it was LaMelo Ball, but now the Fanduel line has settled where it's Anthony Edwards as one at even money. Then it's Wiseman and LaMelo Ball's plus 300. The other day I ventured over actually though to the DraftKings Sportsbook that has LaMelo Ball at even money to go one. Oh, okay. So it shows how, yeah, you can shop around and find different things and also have though where, you know, maybe some people just went over to DraftKings, made the bet first, and now, you know, it, it, it kind of can right. vary due to exposure. But I think that's one of the interesting things is just those markets that are not heavily featured, right? Because like at the end of the day, whether it's the Sunday night game or the third, you know, 1 p.m. game, everybody has a take on every football. Right. That's just how it goes. But it's even when we talk about something like the NBA draft that doesn't have a lottery date set. Yeah, you've got a lot of people out there who are like, this is out of, out of sight, out of mind. And you have the ability, if you have a good enough angle, to make That's it right. you know, a, a decent opportunity. 
Yeah, they're going to spend their time focusing on the bets where they know they're going to get the most handle because if they get yep. that wrong, that's the greatest liability to the books. And then they will have to answer to their bosses as well. If they get like, you know, Columbia versus Dartmouth off by a couple points, only a certain amount of people are going to be able yep. to attack it. But I think that is important. That's why we don't care what it is, right? We don't care what the sport is. We don't care what the angle is. As long as the payout can be good for goods and services in this country, Country, I don't give a damn what we're talking about. It could be esports, it could be mid-major college basketball, it could be water polo for all I care. It could be reality TV. It don't matter to me because if I hit it, do I get cash? That is the question. Another question is um, how much cash is Cam Newton going to wind up with in his contract, right? Because he's out there. We all know he's out there. We've been talking about this. And the question is, is there a market for him? Sure there is. We heard Anthony Lynn come out and say, we've thought about it. We heard his former coach, Ron Rivera in Washington, say, we've thought about it. But maybe it's just a question of... He's got to humble himself and get more money and get less money. We've even heard some reports that he may be um, willing to accept a backup role. We've also talked about maybe the prudent decision for him, Kev, is to just wait because the inevitable injury is going to happen, right? Mm -hmm. And then maybe you're in a better situation, right? As opposed to taking less money and a compromised position to be QB2 somewhere, maybe you wait, you know, and at the beginning of training camp, oh, Jared Goff tears his meniscus. And then all of a sudden, you got a ready-made path to a better situation, you know? And so yeah. we've thought about that. But with Cam still being the last big boy out there, and most people acknowledge that if he is healthy, and I understand that that is an if, right? But we've seen his workout videos the same way we saw Tua, the same way we saw Big Ben. And so if we're giving Big Ben the benefit of the doubt, and we're giving Tua the benefit of the doubt, I wonder why we wouldn't give Cam the benefit of the doubt. But I digress. So we had a conversation yesterday. If Cam is healthy... He's probably an upgrade on most teams in the NFL, right, mm -hmm. Kev? You know, and we, we thought about that, and we thought we'd dig into that a little bit more now. But I want to set the table for that first, Cam, because it's not always an apples-to-apples -apples comparison. You know what I mean, right? Like, there's some teams where they may have a guy right now who I truly believe Cam Newton is a better quarterback than, Mm -hmm. But it would not make sense for that team to pursue Cam for one reason or another, right? Like, for one example I know is, let's say you have a, a young, developing quarterback, right, who you've invested, say, a good draft pick in, and maybe they're entering year two or year three. And while Cam may right now be a better quarterback, mm -hmm. you're not going to bring in Cam in that situation because your organization is focused on the development of your young quarterback. You know what I mean? Uh, for example, maybe the New York Giants come to mind. You know, like maybe Cam is better than Danny Dimes right now, but the Giants have no reason to do that because their priority is the development of Daniel Jones. So it's not just a question of is Cam better than this person? It's more like would it be a smart decision for that franchise to pursue Cam given the context of their situation, right? Yeah, it's not a, I mean, to be honest, right? Because if I told you that the 10th best quarterback in the league was available, I'm not saying Cam is 10. Yeah, whatever it is, right? But just the 10th best quarterback in the league is available. It doesn't mean 
than that the other 22 teams are going to be out there looking to make moves. Like, that's not how this right. would play out. smart. They may have too much money tied up in the quarterback position. Yeah, people, people get locked into certain situations. And that was one of the most fascinating things about this exercise was just kind of seeing who is locked into what and maybe how long they'll be kind of locked right. into that exact situation. Because one of the ideas that you and I have flirted with is the idea of, who will start for this team in 2021, right. you know, and maybe later this week, next week, who knows, maybe we'll, we could flesh that question. out for a, you know, a full list. Right. Mm -hmm. But that's where I think a lot of the openings are in terms of right. opportunities for quarterbacks and quarterback movement as a whole. I think next year I could make this past season almost look very dull. I think, I think it's very, very fascinating. Possible. To see. I think you make a great point, Kevin, and we got to put that on our list of deep dives to do, right? What will it look, what will the market look like in 2021? I know, you know, we recently talked about the Houston Texans and Deshaun Watson could be a big fish out there if it doesn't go well in Houston. But let me frame this and then we'll kind of put the meat on the bone when we come back from the break, Kevin. So, you know, to me, there's four categories, okay? There's teams that would not want to pursue Cam because they've got their guy, and he's a, he's that dude. You know what I mean? He's one of those, you know how I talk about tiers all the time? He's a tier one quarterback, one of the quarterbacks that can lead your team, can raise all boats, is the reason why you're in the playoffs, you're in the championship mm -hmm. game, or you're, right? And those teams, they don't need Cam because they got their guy, yeah. okay? Then there's, again, I mentioned the teams that maybe – could use Cam, but they won't because they're instead going to focus on the development of their kid, right? Mm -hmm. And I think those are teams that we'll see how many there are for me and for you, but those are teams that I understand them not going into the Cam conversation. Okay. Then there's two other categories for me, Kevin. There's, there's the teams that, like, maybe reasonable people can disagree. Maybe you think Cam is better than him. I don't, or vice versa, right? Mm -hmm. And it's almost like a lateral move. And in that situation, why are you going to bring in someone like Cam who's going to command money, create pressure, and maybe bad PR, and maybe problems down the road? Not because he's a problem, but because you're going to have this, oh, who's the quarterback, you know, blah, blah, blah. And that will we'll, we'll sit aside, too. When we go through those three categories, mm -hmm. whoever's remaining, Kevin, to me, are the teams that are true candidates for Cam Newton services, right? Where they may be a true upgrade over their current situation. So what I want to do is let's go through those uh, kind of process, see what teams are left by process of elimination, and then, you know, FanDuel has some odds, and let's see if we can strategically get to good plays and, you know, read the crystal ball in the tea leaves and find out where Mr. Newton may be in the future. That's what we're going to do. So activate your mind. We play the game and try to figure it out when we come back right here on The Early Line. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. 
This is Sports Grid. Get on the grid. Welcome back in, everybody, to the early line, giving you the edge on Sports Grid. We are going to try to, you know, read the tea leaves and figure out what makes sense for the future of Cam Newton. Now, I'm going to tell you, I do think it makes sense, right, Kev, that he wakes at this point in time. It does not seem like there is a ready-made starting opportunity for a team that wants him in that capacity at this point, right? Mm-hmm. All the game, the game of musical chairs has pretty much ended. The music has stopped and there's no chairs left for Cam Newton. Unfortunately, he looks to be the person on the outside looking in, but we all think he, you know, is talented enough to lead a team. And we all know that, uh, you know, someone's going to get hurt. So maybe that's <laughs> a way to do it. I'm telling you, Kevin, literally, I, I, I think it was like 18 or 19 teams that needed to go to their backup quarterback at some point last year. And, you know, some of them are contenders if you think about it. But let's play the game here. I started by saying that there are a number of teams out there that wouldn't entertain the idea of Cam because they've got their guy, okay? Mm -hmm. And he is a tier one quarterback or close to that and is entrenched as a franchise quarterback. Makes sense? I I came up with 10 teams. Mm. That fit that that fit that description, okay? Tell me, we'll just go through them one by one and tell me if you like really disagree with yeah. any of them. You know, so yeah. I'll start. Uh the Baltimore Ravens have their guy, right? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. The Houston Texans have their guy, right? Absolutely. The Kansas City Chiefs have their guy, right? Nah, Mahomes ain't that good, just kidding. Nah, the New Orleans Saints have their guy. Sure do. Uh the Green Bay Packers have their guy. <laughs> or even their heir apparent. They don't need Cam, yeah. right? Um, the Atlanta Falcons have their guy. Yeah. Right? Um, the Seattle Seahawks have their guy, clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, the Tampa Bay Bucks have their guy. Um, yep. And then maybe you could push me. Well, here's another one that have their guy. We know it's not Cam Newton. The Carolina Panthers know that it's gotcha. not Cam Newton because if they wanted Cam, they would have just kept him. And then the last team I'll throw into that mix right now is the San Francisco 49ers have their guy. And they have committed a ton of money to that guy, right? So to yeah. me, those are 10 teams that like, yeah, they ain't going for Cam Newton. Okay, and we know that because I believe they already have a franchise quarterback. Do you want to push back on any of those 10 or do you want to add any other teams that you think, listen, they already have their franchise quarterback? So for me, I as well had 10. Um, Garoppolo and the and Teddy Bridgewater, though, were not on my list. So Teddy Bridgewater, Um, for me, it's not about Bridgewater. That's about it ain't going to be Carolina because he was Mm -hmm. just there. Yeah. So, um, I, the two names that I did have were okay. Wentz and Dak. To me, the franchise quarterbacks, I okay. think both of those franchises should be happy with them, Dallas. And I Dallas. buy that as well. Right. And remember, Wentz has already gotten paid. Yep. Um, so, I yes. Um, but at the same time, they did draft a quarterback. And yeah. with Dallas, you know... <sighs> Jerry Jones is playing the game, right? So, no, I don't think they bring in Cam. I think that would be absolutely crazy, right? Um, And all the uh, kind of the the talk that would happen. So I don't think they're in the market for Cam, but do they truly have their franchise quarterback is an interesting topic. So we know that those are some teams, and most of those... On on the the Garoppolo thing a bit. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. 
So Garoppolo didn't make that that list for me. But what I did for every single guy, because I was trying to pin it more through the talent perspective as, yeah. as best as I could, right? But I, pers- I, I gave the caveat to every single like person that was not inside my top 10 quarterback yeah. list pretty much. And it was, whether it be recently signed, final year, yeah. all of these things. And so obviously, right, the Panthers, to me, I prefer Cam Newton over Teddy Bridgewater. Right. I've never been all that high on Teddy Bridgewater. No matter how often Gabe tells me that he covers numbers, it doesn't matter. I'm not going to be high on Teddy Bridgewater. The best thing that he's ever done is get the the Jets, the draft pick. Like, (laughs) that was incredible moving by the Jets. Although he was unbeaten last year. Her comeback from a dramatic knee injury was also pretty good. For me, the Garoppolo thing is fascinating. Okay. Because... When Garoppolo first got there, I was pretty high on him. I was quite excited to see what he would do with Shanahan. And they won like six, seven games to close out the season. He looked amazing. Then comes back to next year. Niners' expectations are interesting. Goes down, gets injured. I believe it was against the Kansas City Chiefs. So, boom, comes back. This is, I believe, right? The past year that we had was the first year like back like that. Goes, Goes to the Super Bowl. But I don't think at any point this year we looked at Jimmy Garoppolo as the reason. And to me, I think Cam Newton has the ability to be the reason more so. That tier one quarterback, right? That leader. Yeah. He has that ability. I think the question for the Niners, and there will be another team that at some point we will hit that I think will fit this billing as well, is I think the Niners have to figure out because you cannot waste Kyle Shanahan, okay? Right. Kyle Shanahan, best offensive minds the league has. This is a very, very talented roster. Okay. And John Lynch is a great job up front. I think you have to decide at the, at the close of this season, we can win the Super Bowl because of Jimmy Garoppolo's play, or we can't. Because right. you're paying him as such, and yeah. you're in a situation where that needs to be true. So yeah. Garoppolo is a guy, to me, who we even had rumors during this offseason game about True. whether they would move on from him for Brady. Right. Well, be, maybe a bit stupid, but they acknowledged that they at one point even had the conversation. I think if Garoppolo goes out there and has a great season, no, no worries. Sure. But if they lose in the playoffs, miss out on the playoffs, and it's another poor Garoppolo performance, okay. I think that they are a team whose 2021 situation could be different. You know, I buy that, right? And you're almost alluding to, like, a fifth category. You know, you're almost alluding to, in essence, like, because we have the one, oh, I want to play it out with this kid, right? But there's also the, like, sink or swim time for the dude, (laughs) right? And maybe that's San Francisco. And I could think of one or two other situations where that is the case. The reason I also think San Fran won't ultimately do this, though, is, you know, his contract. Right. There's like 130 some odd reasons why that won't happen. But I'm with you on the fact that maybe, you know, they just have to play this out. Right. They're, we're at the fork in the road with San Francisco. And I do think there's some other teams um, where that could be said. Uh, one in Los Angeles comes to mind for me. But OK, so that's one category. And I, I'll give you the Carson Wentz. I'll give you that one. Sure. And maybe we trade out a Jimmy G, right? So, but again, we're doing process of elimination, right? And cool. so these are teams that are not in the cam market, in essence. Mm-hmm. The other category that I think we can agree on is 
if you're really focused on the development of your rookie quarterback, your second-year quarterback, even your third-year quarterback, you're not bringing in Cam, okay? And I identified nine teams in the NFL who fit that category, three with rookie quarterbacks, three with second-year quarterbacks, and three with third-year quarterbacks who I think are still the priority with their team. So the rookies, right? Dolphins ain't bringing in Cam, okay, because um, they've got Tua. Right. Chargers. Uh -huh. Anthony Lynn just said it. We're considering him. But we like Terod. We like Herbert. Right. Cincinnati on those two teams, because it's just it's too good that you named them first because they both fit this list. But I also had to put the caveat of Cam can replace the starters for both of these teams. Yes. Because of Fitzpatrick and Tyrod Taylor. Yes. And that to me is very interesting that yes. the like did Fitz do enough last year to earn this respect of the Miami Dolphins? Yes, because this is what he does, and he always finds right. a way to get himself a job. He is the best at it. Yeah. It, it's, it's really miraculous. The Tyrod situation, again, it's a situation where Anthony Lynn really likes Tyrod Taylor, known him for years, wants to give him his shot, but he acknowledged he looked into Cam, and I think that might be one of the biggest places where I would put a big circle saying that this team's making a massive mistake because yeah. they're willing to go out there and give Tyrod the year. Yeah. And if Tyrod balls out, now, yes, eventually they're going to have to turn to Herbert, but maybe they don't, and maybe Tyrod's the guy. Maybe they do, and they get a decent return on Tyrod. To me, I'd much rather that exact scenario play out, though, with Cam Newton, to me, right. who has a high ceiling for a roster that we both agree yeah. has the chance to be win now. Listen, the Chargers are a very interesting situation. You know how I feel about that situation and the Chargers. Um, where I think they're going, though, and I've said this before, and I don't want to go too much on the tangent here, but I remember telling you that, in essence, the Buccaneers brought in Tom Brady to be a game manager. And if they reduce all of the interceptions of Jameis Winston from last year, they're a 10-win team, right? Mm -hmm. Just being conservative. One of the stats that I love to say about Terod Taylor that people don't talk about, and you may know this, do you know that Terod Taylor has the lowest interception percentage of all time in the NFL. Crazy. Okay. So it's the same theory, right? Tom Brady coming in to mitigate the uh, recklessness of Jameis Winston could equal two or three wins, right? Mm -hmm. But guess what? And we talked about this with the Colts and earlier this week, Phillip Rivers was playing reckless also, right? And he was throwing up YOLO balls also. So why doesn't the same thing hold true for the Chargers, Kevin? You know, you bring in Tarad, who literally is, you know, the least turnover-prone quarterback in NFL history with a certain amount of attempts, right? Sure. Why can't the same thing happen with a roster that you and I have already said we think is high-quality and playoff yeah. caliber if you just cut into and mitigate by half Phillip Rivers' interceptions? It could have the same exact effect. So I do think the Chargers are going to go at it with Terod, and then clearly Joe Burrow for Cincinnati, right? So those are places I don't think it's going to happen. Second-year quarterbacks, I mentioned Daniel Jones with the mm -hmm. Giants. They ain't bringing in Cam. The Cardinals with Kyla Murray, they ain't bringing in Cam. Mm -hmm. And I, while I do think the Denver Broncos are interesting with Drew Locke, because I personally have the least amount of faith in them, um, doesn't look like they're bringing in Cam necessarily either because they're going to give a chance to Drew Locke real quick. The third-year quarterbacks, think about Darnold in New York, think about Baker in Cleveland, and think about Josh Allen in Buffalo. These are nine teams to me. It seems like the organization is not going to want to threaten their young quarterback with someone like Cam. 
Yeah, so I had two names uh, again that made this list. Go ahead. Uh, one was Haskins. I think You're gonna go to Washington. I think yeah. they are giving Haskins this leash, and I think yeah. Kyle Allen is only getting that job because of familiarity, but he doesn't put the pressure on Haskins in the yeah. same. The other name that made this list has a bit of a slash to it, and it's Gardner Minshew slash Trevor Lawrence. Interesting. Because yeah. I, the Jaguars, we've we've talked about kind of that scenario a, a number right. of times. The one thing I wanted to throw out specifically from this group is yeah. I do believe that Cam, because they said he's open to a backup role, being the backup in Arizona is almost too perfect. Him backing up Kyler to me, I just think is a like they're not the same quarterback, right? But both athletic. I yeah. think that he can help Kyler, and I think that. If he has to step up and in, this is a team that should be looking to have a secure backup quarterback. We've yeah, talked about true. the value of it, and I don't know why the Cardinals wouldn't want that. That way you can ensure that Cliff has the tools necessary to have a successful year, too. All right. Well, that would be as a backup. Let's continue yeah. to play this out on the other side of the break and see if Cam would prefer other teams and other options that maybe he still has a path to starting. We'll do that on the other side of the break. It's the early line right here on SportsGrid. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Welcome back, everybody, to the early line here on SportsGrid. I'm Dane. He's Kevin. And we're trying to pray process of elimination on the essential question of to Cam or not to Cam. And we know that there's a bunch of teams that already have their franchise or at least are paying someone as though they are their franchise. We've talked about some of the kids that are in play really developing. I didn't put Washington on the list, Kevin, because for me... You know, it seems like the jury is really still out on Dwayne Haskins, you know, and I could see a universe where, you know, he kind of gets pushed to the side a little bit quicker than in some of these other situations. You also have the familiarity of Ron Rivera there. So I do kind of think it's a live option, but you're right. They are going to give Dwayne Haskins the chance to kind of grab the brass ring and get out there. I have another category, Kevin, and that's the category of like, it's kind of a lateral move, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, they have a guy, and maybe he's more of a veteran, um, sunsetting his career, or maybe he's a guy that's, you know, another one of these tier two kind of quarterbacks where they won't lead you to the promised land, but they can get the job done with a good defense, good weapons, or a good coach. And for one reason or another, I still don't just think it makes sense. Here are some of the teams I have in that category. Tell me if this makes sense with you. Um, one of them is Detroit. Right, like you got Stafford there, and we acknowledge that Stafford, you know, we don't know what he, his future, how long it is there, but it makes no sense. Like Cam wouldn't see that as a place to sign because he knows he's blocked there in the short term, you know? So Detroit yeah. is a team for me like that. Minnesota is a team. Like some people don't love Kirk Cousins, but, you know, he's getting paid and he's their guy. Minnesota, the Vikings are not bringing in Cam Newton, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. That's where I had Philly. Um, that's where I had Dallas. You've already talked about them. Uh, the Rams are another one to me. Mm. And that's interesting. Like, I'm not a huge fan of Jared Goff, but he's got 130-some-odd million dollars, right? So I don't think they're bringing him in. And one that I find interesting is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm -hmm. We just showed the Big Ben video, 
right? Maybe he's coming back. But even if he does, Kevin, right, they got to start thinking about it. Like the Saints are thinking about it, even with Drew Brees. They brought in Jameis. The Packers are thinking about it, clearly. They drafted Jordan Love, right? So I, I wonder about Pittsburgh. But, you know, as long as Big Ben is there, um, he's going to be under center as long as he's healthy. Those are some of the teams, um, you know, that I thought, Eh, don't fit one of these categories, but still something of a lateral move. I don't think they're threats mm. for Cam. I used to think Pittsburgh. I really did. I thought Pittsburgh would be great for a guy like Jameis Winston, potentially. But I don't know if it's going to happen with Cam. Any teams that you think are like that, um, that maybe I didn't name, that maybe they got a guy, but it's just not going to really happen uh, because they have a quarterback that's really at that level? So I, I have both... Um... Rivers and Tannehill on. Yeah, I thought you were going to get to Tannehill. You think Tannehill's a top 12 quarterback, so. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the thing is, they both were just signed. So that's where it's difficult, right? Because is Cam Newton better than either guy on a day? He could be better than both of them on a day. Lateral move kind of thing, yeah. It feels lateral, but there's no world because they were both literally just signed. Even the backup conversation can't be how it Indianapolis. Maybe Tennessee, out of the top of my head, I don't remember their backup quarterback. Um, and, you know, maybe they could consider that a win now, a, a place where right. it's supposed to happen. So maybe Cam could be attracted to to that as a place. Um, the Big Ben one is, is maybe my, I think the one that's the most fascinating because right. we don't know how much time he has left. But what we do know is the people behind him are not the answer. Not the answer. I, I'm right. fine with that, with working off that for both Hodges and Mason Rudolph. Maybe that's not fair. Maybe they were thrown into the fire young. I just so underwhelmed with everything that we got from them. Again, it was the worst offense by DVOA in football yeah. last year, the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think the issue is the way Big Ben goes is he'll have a four-pick game and they'll need to start Cam the next week. And they're, it's probably a bit too much for them to handle. I agree, like, especially because he is a Hall of Fame franchise. It'll be too weird, too much PR. They're going to do him dirty. Like, if, however, there were still questions about his rehab, then I think the Steelers could sell it, you know, just as due diligence because they didn't know. But it seems like, you know, Ben shaved his beard, so he thinks he's ready to go. By my count, Kev, we we have about three or four teams left. Oh, pot small. Pot small. Three or four teams left by my count. And, you know, you mentioned Jacksonville. I want to take them out of it as well, right? Because while I completely believe that he's an upgrade over Gardner Minshew, we've talked about this. The idea that they brought in Mike Glennon to me signals that they don't want a guy like Cam Newton. Why? Because Cam Newton is too good. And Cam Newton is a threat to their long-term plan, which is potentially tanking for Trevor or Justin Fields or whatever. And to be quite honest, you know, Kev, in our number two, we're going to dive into the Jacksonville Jaguars, okay? They are the last team left we have in the AFC South. We're going to do our spotlight roster reset on the Jags. And remember, we think they're playing for the top two or three pick next year for one of these guys. So I don't think it's going to be Jacksonville either. By my count, I've got three teams left, Kevin. I've only got three teams left. I don't know yeah. what you have. So let me tell you the three I have. One is the, pa- the Patriots. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about them, but... Everyone seems to believe that they're going to take this kind of mini year to figure it out. You know, you talked about um, Jimmy G in this kind of sink or swim uh, vein, right? On some level, 
That's where Jared Stidham is. Maybe he should be another one of these young kids, you know, that the team is going with and giving them a chance to develop, similar to Drew Locke, similar yeah. to Sam Darnold, right? I guess they're letting Stidham. It's just that we don't believe it as much, you know, because he was a fourth-round pick or what have you. And I think that, you know, New England, I've said it before, they're going to go fork in the road, sink or swim. Either they have a guy or they don't, in the mm -hmm. same way that the Niners are thinking about it with Jimmy G. I've only got two teams left. Kev, one of them is the Chicago Bears with your boys Nick Foles and Mitchell Trubisky in there, right? And that was a place that a lot of people thought early on in this process because we knew Mitchell Trubisky was not kind of long for that. So I ask you, what kind of contract does Foles have, right? And if Foles... Mm -hmm. You know, in the 2021 game, or if Foles doesn't do well, I know, I'm sorry, it's sacrilege, Kevin, but do you see that as viable if they, if and when they actually do move on from Trubisky? Like, is Foles a short-term solution there? Well, that's the problem for the Bears, is Cam doesn't have a spot for, there's no spot for him right now. They're just, right isn't. now. Right. Foles is the guy, and or Trubisky's the guy, Yeah. And they have the backup. So, it's a situation now, 2021, maybe is different. There's no world to me where Trubisky is back at the end of this season. Right. And Foles, it depends on the performance. Right. If Foles is good enough and they weirdly win 10 games, right. okay. If they're a four-win football team, maybe they they'll be in right. the market. They'll, they'll be in the marketplace exactly. for this. So that, but that's where the Bears are tough. Like, And we'll, you know, we'll finish out all these teams here. But mm -hmm. right now, you could make an argument there's no team where it currently makes sense yeah. to sign him. I'll yep. just quickly say with the Patriots, we don't, nobody wants to like give Stidham credit. I don't, nobody does like, but he does fit the giving a kid a chance. Yeah. I mean, it, why do we all assume, why are we all of a sudden thinking like, Hey, Drew Locke's going to get a chance, but we don't say the same thing with Jared Stidham. Yeah. It's he's, you know, he was a fourth round pick that came in like twice last year and threw a right. couple picks and nobody really loved him that much coming out of college. Right. The, the one thing he has working for him is Bill Belichick apparently believes in him. We just trust that Bill Belichick is like the quarterback whisperer here. Which I guess, and like to me is, I won't buy it. I'm going to be low on the on the Patriots when we cross that bridge. To me, they're the one team that I could make a strong argument should be bringing in Cam right now because that defense that was yep. one of the best in football last year still retained a, a decent number of those pieces, and Bill Belichick is still the coach. And to me, a tank year is not really something that is too viable to me for the New England Patriots. I don't know why you'd waste a Bill Belichick season. And if you don't give him the appropriate talent, you still might not even be able to actually tank. You might end up 7-9. and nine. Win in a couple of games, right. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, but I, they're going at it with Stidham. And oh, they, maybe they Bill Belichick is going to prove us all wrong. Listen, he developed Jimmy G. He developed Jacoby Brissett. Maybe he can do the same with uh, Stidham. There's only one team by my count in the entire NFL that we haven't discussed. And I think it's an interesting situation. But similar to the Bears, who have two quarterbacks now, so does this team. By the way, I think Cam is better than both quarterbacks they currently have on the roster. I'm talking about the Las Vegas Raiders, Kevin, who we thought they were in the quarterback market. Right? And they brought in Mariota, okay, as a kind of like lower frills option to the Cam Newton thing. Right? They bring in Mariota. Maybe Mariota's starting for them in the second half of the year. I don't know what they feel about Carr. I at one point thought Cam would be a perfect fit there. New building, buzz with Gruden, how he could use him. But 
for now, they have their quarterback position tied up. So, you know, here's the thing. We just went through it, like the kind of rationale for all the teams. And now we have up on the screen, our friends at FanDuel have the odds for Cam Newton's next team. And Kev, I'll give you the top choices. It's Washington as the favorite at three to one. This idea about Haskins and the familiarity with Ron Rivera. Then we have the Steelers as the second choice. We talked about the Big Ben issue. Then Denver, I mentioned, are we really believing in Drew Locke? The Patriots, you talked about it. Then I feel very weird about the next choice, the Seattle Seahawks, which would be what, to back up Russ? In yeah. the one, you know, okay, fine. And, and I guess that's like if you see yourself as a true contender to maybe not miss a beat if, oh, my God, Russell mm -hmm. Wilson goes down. Then it's the Bears, the Jags, the Raiders, the Chargers, the Niners, all the teams we talked about. But it doesn't seem to be a clear path, Kevin, which is why I believe the right answer for Cam is to wait. Yeah, it is. I mean, that's that's really what it comes down to. Like the Raiders – have two quarterbacks that aren't as good as Cam Newton. And even if you are like, oh, well, I don't know about Cam's health. Like, no, I'm still not sold on that. The Mariota contract is one of the worst decisions anybody made in football. They get, they rushed to give him two years, $17.5 million dollar the deal. Market. They yeah. misread the market supply and demand. Don't we right. talk about this all the they time? Could have had, they could have if, had Jameis. They could they have knew, had Cam. They could there was going to be Cam, Jameis, Andy Dalton, others, whatever, in the market if they played right. the supply and demand game correctly. But and, they kind of rushed. Yeah. Right. And, uh, what's maybe... frustrating about that, though, Dane, is that there's no excuse for it. There's no excuse for me to be able to sit there on Endgame Live and be like, someone's going to get left out of these quarterback musical chairs. And for Mike Mayock and John Gruden to not have that same foresight right. and rush to give Mariota that deal. It's bad. It's a, it, was a, it was a terrible move. Even if, like, forget the Cam situation. Jameis. You knew Jameis was going to be available. You knew he was going to be free. Right. And... You rushed to give Mariota that type of money. I don't know how you justify it when you look at the move that the Titans made last year. They went from a, a very, very bad team. They went to the AFC title game when they made the move to Titans. Kevin, we were saying late in the season last year that the quarterback merry-go-round was going to be something we had never seen before, mm -hmm. right? We had talked even last year that this market was going to be so different you know, than ever before, and that they would be real options. And then it got flooded with other real options that maybe people didn't think about. You know, you maybe knew Andy Dalton might have been out there, but did you think Philip Rivers? Did you think Jameis Winston? Didn't you think Mariota as well? And maybe they went out there a little bit too soon. Well, one of those teams is the Jacksonville Jaguars, Kev, and we shine a spotlight on them in hour number two. Come on back. It's hour number two with the early line, giving you the edge on the Jags. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid.